You're listening to Women in Wellness, a program to help you create gorgeous growth for your blissful business and health and wellness. I'm Dr. Gabby, holistic health expert and founder of Women in Wellness, a one-of-a-kind course and community designed to empower and inform you about how to build a purposeful and profitable holistic business. And I have a very special guest today, Michelle Robin. Dr. Michelle has been working in wellness for nearly three decades. She's an international speaker, practicing chiropractor, and author of eight books. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for being here with us. Hi, Dr. Gabby. I can't believe the sort of span of your career and all the things that you've seen. You have a good decade on me because I started in the early 2000s, and I'm wondering what was the impetus or the catalyst for you becoming a chiropractor or kind of getting into the whole wellness field? Well, 35 years ago, hard to believe, I got hurt playing basketball in a small town, Parsons, Kansas. And uh, my mom took me to the hospital and nothing was broken. Thank goodness. Hurt my pelvis. That I remember exactly the guy, his name was Wes. I won't out his last name, just for patient or for friend anonymity. And my mom uh, then took me to the chiropractor. I don't remember much about the chiropractic experience, Dr. Gabby, but I remember how they made me feel. You know, I was one of those kids that was on the fence. I could have gone either way. College wasn't really, I wasn't really thinking about college. I was thinking about just surviving the days of the drama and trauma of, you know, um, having a family. My mother was married uh, four times by the time I was 17. This time she was uh, on her third marriage. And so um, I just was trying to figure out how to get through that time in my life and the chiropractic family they became my they became one of my bonus families because they um made me feel like i mattered and they just kind of took me under their wing and so and then i got a chance to work with them and i watched people come in who couldn't bend over or they had a headache or they were grumpy and then i and they left and they were happy again and they felt loved and cared for and so i started working for them in high school and um decided this is for me. And so I went to uh, actually a junior college and my chemistry teacher said, Michelle, you're not going to be a chiropractor because you're lousy at chemistry. And so I got a, a, a degree in accounting and um, business was a little bit easier for me. Num- those type of numbers, not the hard numbers, but the easy numbers, you know, two plus four. And my senior year, I said, you know what? I really want to be a chiropractor. And so you get a couple more years of wisdom and you also learn that no one else can pick your destiny for you. And so I went to chiropractic school and here I've been practicing. This is my 25th year in practice. And I'm, um, I pinch myself. It's emotional for me that uh, I got chosen to be around this magnificent field. So. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I love your deep passion and your sense of calling. When I did my dissertation research, I interviewed women healers and they were doing all different kinds of healing work. And they all had this feeling of being called to do this, that this was like, you know, more than just a job, that it really was something that they were meant to be doing in the world. It's amazing that you, that you describe it in that way as well. And I think, I think, uh, to, to and people have said to me, gosh, how lucky are you to know what you want to do? I remember turning 40 and I just turned 50 last year and someone was standing my, I remember exactly where I was standing. She said, oh my God, Michelle, I can't believe you're 40 today. My son's 40. He doesn't even know what he wants to do when he grows up. And I said to her, you know, it's overrated because you kind of have a plan and that now that I have another decade and I've also, um, learned a lot the last decade about really following my own heart and, and my vision for my career and, and my wellness business versus other people. But it truly is a calling. There's nothing else I could do but this. And I feel it pulling me into the next phase already. So. Yeah. 
fascinating. Mm -hmm. So have you seen dramatic changes over the last 25 years in the space of health and wellness? <laughs> I'm sort of prompting you because I have, and I'm wondering if you could articulate some of the things that you've seen. You know, I believe 35 years ago it was really about all mechanical health. We were focused on mechanical health. We can even see this in the trends of talking about in the wellness space. It's all diet and exercise, diet and exercise. And, you know, we're a trillion dollar industry and we're not, we're not moving the mark. We have as much uh, sadness, depression, anxiety as we've ever had, especially among our young people. So um, without a doubt, we have started to shift away from just that we're mechanical. We're also spiritual beings. We're also chemistry beings. We're also energetical beings. And uh, I've seen definitely the shift. We kind of have, we're kind of in a, a pre precarious place right now. You know, we, we don't have the best water. We don't have the best air. We don't have the best food. We don't have the best mental well-being. And we're seeing all this implosion around us. And so we get a chance to have a rebirth if we're awake enough to experience it. So. And do you feel like you're sort of midwifing some of that rebirth with the work that you're doing? You know, I've never thought about it that way, but I do have, I do not have any biological children, but um, it's funny on Mother's Day, people said, you know, I know you don't have any biological children, but you have a lot of people that you raise and you nurture and you care for. And so um, possibly I'm just trying to, actually, I'm just trying to have my own journey. I'm just trying to be my best self. And whenever you are trying to be your best self and you have all this stuff dripping around you, um, people want in that they want in that vibration and I'm just trying to have a positive vibration that I bring healing to the world and not sickness no matter where I go and how do you maintain your vibration so that's in a place of well-being and, and not that dissonance or the well I use, I use a, the quadrants of well-being approach the quadrants of well-being approach and um, people can find it at that website quadrants of wellbeing.com and it's four areas mechanically and I think about how can I mechanically take care of my body proper sleep posture exercise um, maybe not sitting all day doing some things to take care of my nervous system getting chiropractic care getting massage care reflexology um, I'm kind of a wellness junkie and then um, and then the second one is chemistry how am I fueling my body am I getting enough hydration am I getting enough vegetables am I getting enough protein that helps me uh, keep my blood sugar stable uh, am I taking the right supplements for my genetics and for, for where I'm at? Am I avoiding my food sensitivities? And then energetically, um, you know, like disconnecting. We talked about in the podcast you did for me, disconnecting uh, not only from the story that's out there in the world, but also the story in my own head. And so uh, one of my favorite things to do is take a hot Epsom salt soak. I think it's one of the best things you can do for yourself energetically. You know, I burn, uh, I use some aromatherapy. I have some Aura Soma. I'm not sure if you've, heard, if you've heard much about Aura Soma. It's an angel spray in my office. Um, those are some of the things I do energetically. Um, I don't wear a lot of jewelry. Uh, I don't wear any jewelry at, at night. I would I would not wear a Fitbit at night or anything like that because I think the electricity that changes can. I would not do it every day anyway. Maybe once in a while people wanted to check in. Um, and then psycho spiritually, I, I try to stay in a state of gratitude and a, a state of being able to witness other people. Um, because people matter and I, they have on their forehead four letters, MMFI, make me feel important. And I want to add, I want to help people feel important without feeling less important myself. And so I, I said it earlier, I want to give from my overflow. Uh, it's kind of like being somebody who has a bunch of money in the bank, they give the interest away. And so I want to give my extra energy and my extra, um, 
emotional well-being a way to help other people. And then, and then I, um, I also did a process uh, called the Hoffman Institute uh, when I was 31, hard to believe, about 20 years ago. And it helped me disconnect from some of the patterns that was running my life and, and build compassion and forgiveness for my family systems. So I, I kind of, I do it all, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a process. It takes a village to raise me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And you mentioned that um, we met via podcast. I interview uh, you, you interview me. So what was your inspiration for creating a podcast? Did you want to let people know about all these resources? Like what's the dream vision? Well, I'll, I'll, and there's two questions there. First question is, why did I do it? Um, somebody came to me and said, Michelle, we're doing this uh, channel. Our business magazine is doing a channel. We think your health and wellness would be a great channel, be a great addition to our channel. I said, and I always say my, my most important decision every day is the right yeses and the right noes. And I just took it in to my heart and it said yes. And I'm like, really? Because I'm a fairly, I'm a fairly introverted person, except when you're talking about what I want to talk about, which is, which is really health and wellness and spirituality. And so um, I did that on blog talk radio for two years. And then my team said, you know what, let's just do this ourselves." And so we've been doing it now. Uh, well, we're on their 78th show. No, no, that's not right. 80 something show. I don't, whatever. Um, We've been doing it now for a few years, and it's so much fun connecting with people. And you never, you don't know if one person's listening or five thousand or five hundred thousand. You're just having a conversation with somebody, and somebody else gets a chance to gleam a little bit of hope from, and that I could do this. And that's what I did through the year. I've just have watched other people, and I could do it. So um, the vision, though, is um, as I mentioned, we're in a really uh, interesting time right now. Our kids are, and I believe, struggling more than ever. And so my vision is to reach a, a billion people that small changes can lead to big shifts. And uh, we're really trying to chunk away at that this year and try to reach a million by people downloading our free ebook called Small Changes, Big Shifts, but Putting the Odds in Your Favor. Okay, and we'll put that in the notes so people yeah. can get that. Yeah. Um, the audience for this podcast is women who are either aspiring chiropractors, healers, wellness professionals, or they're working in the field. Any specific tips, tools, resources, ideas that you think are especially relevant to health and wellness professionals? Oh, I got it. I could tell you <laughs> what to do and what not to do after 25 years. I. You know, we have a, a significant healing center in Kansas City, and there's about 25 practitioners that work here from colonic therapists to naturopathic to uh, MDs. And so, um, but here's what I would say. Um, be true to yourself. Really um, take time to know what the vision, your vision is for your life. And whether you're paying a consultant or a business manager, check in with that inside your heart of what you're here to do um, because you can get off track real easy because when people start consulting with you, sometimes they, um, you fall in love with their vision for your life instead of your vision for your life. So one, stay true to yourself. Um, two, walk the talk. I think that in order to truly be a phenomenal wellness person, you can't be the five letter F word. You know the five letter F word? No. Fraud. Okay. <laughs> and so, so don't be a fraud. Talk the talk and walk the talk. Um, you know, if you're, to encouraging your clients to do food sensitivities or the whole 30 or acupuncture, make sure you're doing it as well. 
Um, and that's what's so great about the message that we're sharing with well-being was we could take our own medicine. We're not saying take this script. We're saying, you know, go out and breathe, go out and go for a walk, disconnect. And so I think the greatest thing you can do for your um, practice is to walk the talk. The third thing is help other people. Um, don't give to get, give to give. And um, it will come back to you tenfold. And it may not come back to you within the next two weeks, three weeks, six months, but I guarantee you in the next 10, 15, 25 years, you'll be, ha you'll be having all this good come your way and you're like, wow, but it just adds up. And so um, give to give, help other people. Nice. And you're someone like me who's navigating both the online and the offline world of doing this work. I know when I started and probably the same for you, there was no website, there was no Facebook, there was no podcasting. There was no email <laughs> when I started, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like we have to build everything that we're building in the physical world. Like you mentioned your center with all the practitioners and then also recreated or at least create some kind of platform or presence online as well. How do you navigate that? How do you not get overwhelmed or overworked? How do you manage the both online and offline kind of aspect of things? Well, first of all, I want to go back to what you first said. We have to. You don't have to. There's many people that say, you know what, I, I'm happy having a practice that is um, a certain way, whether it's 10 patients a day or 50 patients a day or whatever it is, and, and, and be happy with what you want. Just because Dr. Gabby and, and, and Dr. Michelle are, are doing a podcast and, you know, doing social media, it doesn't mean you have to. So listen to yourself whether you want to. Um, for me, I don't have a choice. I, I, I'm telling you, I, in my I'm a fairly shy person. I really just would like to go and go for walks and hang out with my dogs and, and uh, see some friends and, and watch a little crack TV and, and listen to some good books or read some good books. Um, but I am called. I can't not do that. I, I argue with my spirit all the time. It says, go reach a million people. I'm like, first of all, why? And second of all, not why, because we know why, but how and why me? is more the why question. And so um, if you don't feel called to do it, don't. That's what I would say. That's great. That's <laughs> so great advice. Now the next part of the question was, is do I feel overwhelmed? Um, if I would said no to you, I'd be lying. I would say at some level, I just try to take it a small change at a time. And um, if you look at the to-do list, you would be overwhelmed. But you know what? I'm, here's what I know. What I do know is none of us gets out of your life. And if we don't enjoy the journey, we're going to be in big trouble. And uh, two years ago, um, I had a significant accident where I got a chance to take three week, uh, 12 weeks off because I got hit by a car on my bicycle. And you, were, you learn real quick that people can live without you, you know, and what really matters most of all is your well-being. And so um, I just try not to get too freaked out. Because it changes your adrenals, which changes your thyroid, which changes your estrogen, which changes your belly fat. So, and I'm and I'm vain, and I don't want to get fat because I it, it, obesity runs in my family. So I'm just trying to I'm trying to get out of this life without me being obese. <laughs> I think that's a really really good life goal. Uh, <laughs> how vain how vain is that? No, it's perfect. It's 
Um, so I'm also wondering, now that you've interviewed so many people and you've written so many books and you've had so many clients, like, is there any specific wisdom or any specific guest or any specific nugget that you think is, is stands out in your mind as being, um, kind of golden? Ooh, gosh, I get something golden about every time. How do you mine for that then? Like, how do you mine for that golden piece when you're in that conversation or, um, yeah, I'll just write a few notes, kind of a couple words. Um, and then I also just trust that my spirit has taken the wisdom in. And so I think that sometimes we're so caught up in, um, you know, keeping it all organized. And I would just want to trust that I, I have what I need to have to get through today. It's kind of like going to take a test when I tell my young people that just, you know, are finishing finals is, is you know it. Trust, trust that you know it. Take some deep breaths. And um, we're all on a journey and what, what matters today will not matter tomorrow probably. Right. So um, I'll, I'll think about this one guest um, recently. His name is Ron Hall. He wrote a book, Same Kind of Different as Me, about homelessness. And something that... Denver Moore, his homeless friend, that it's a, by the way, it's a fabulous book. I highly encourage everybody to read it. And the movie's coming out in October. And so you can just even watch the um, trailer online. But we're all homeless, wanting to get home. And so that's something I think about. And, um, and I also use quotes. How do I stay? I, I, I have a quote deck of 52 inspirational quotes that have inspired my first 50 years and there's so many quotes and um here's here's one of my favorites if you don't like where you're at move you're not a tree you know jim jim Rohn said that or another one don't let the negative few affect the positive many and i think so many of us we we think about the one thing we said and we replay and beat ourselves up why did i say that stupid thing and it's like what about the other 10 things you said that were amazing and changed people's lives so I, maybe just a little bit more grace. Nice. I love that you brought up that book. I just finished a book called Walking to Listen. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it was about a young man who walked 4,000 miles across America mm -hmm. after he graduated from college. And he relied on the kindness of others for food and for shelter and for conversation mm -hmm. and had a spiritual transformative journey as he sort of crossed the country. And I had a similar feeling that we're all sort of walking home, that it's not just, you know, someone on a journey like that, but we're all kind of moving that way together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Walking after, see what you called again? Walking to listen? Walking to listen. Yeah. I just finished it. It was an incredible book. I highly recommend it. Great. Okay. So if people want to connect and if they want to get one of your books, if they want to do the free download, if they want to listen to the podcast, how can they do all of those things? Well, it's pretty easy. It's Dr. Michelle Robin, R-O-B-I-N, just like the bird, not Robin hyphen bird, but drmichellerobin.com. <laughs> and um, they could find the podcast there. They can email me there. They can go to, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. And, um, you know, I'm just on a mission to help people realize their magnificence. And we want to support you in that mission. And we're super grateful that you spent some time with us today. Thanks so much. Thanks, Dr. Gabby. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode. You can join the Women in Wellness Club at women-in-wellness.com.